Hello, welcome to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Celia Lantman, but most people just call me Landy. Today I'm going to talk to you about the English language news media in Taiwan and my experience with them. I've had a few experiences with these media and I'd like to share it with you. First, I'm going to talk about the newspapers. Now, when I arrived in Taiwan in 1994, there were two English language newspapers, the China News and the China Post. So these two were around in those days. Actually, the China News, it was an older one. It was, one of, it was the first English language newspaper. And in the beginning, it was an afternoon newspaper. But when the China Post started publishing, the China News also changed and also became a morning newspaper. So there were two morning newspapers and both of them kind of supported the government. They were slightly conservative, supporting the government. And then after a while, the China Post became more popular and uh, the China News, it stopped printing in 2010. And uh, now you can still find it online. It changed its name now to the Taiwan News and it's online and it's now more neutral. It just covers Taiwan news. And because it's online, it can update its content all the time. So I check my news there a lot. But many decades ago, before the internet was there, you won't believe it, but I came to Taiwan before there was an internet, really. Uh, the China Post was the newspaper I read. Now, the, the China Post was very strongly supporting the government in those days. So in Taiwan, like I explained to you before, the Kuomintang Party was also called the Blue Party. It's more conservative. And then the, the DPP is the Green Party, and they are... They are more left, more liberal. So the China Post supported the Blue Party, the Conservatives. At those days, there was no newspaper supporting the DPP. So I read the China Post every day. And I'm pretty outspoken and opinionated. So I often wrote letters to the newspaper. Maybe because there are not so many people writing letters to the editor, my letters were often published. And I've, I wrote many, many letters with help from my friend Lee. We send many letters to the newspaper, mostly complaining about traffic or uh, a lack of the police to enforce the laws and so on. And so that was kind of nice to see your letters in print. Now, the, uh, probably the reason why the Taiwan News stopped printing and only the China Post survived for a while is because there are just not enough foreigners in Taiwan to keep these two newspapers alive. After a while, and towards, the, I believe it was around 2000, a new newspaper was also printed. It was the Taipei Times, and it was the sister newspaper of the Liberty Times, which is a Chinese language newspaper. And these were more supportive of the left side. And in the beginning, they were supporting the opposition, but for the last few years now, they support the government since the Green Party won the election. And then the China Post again couldn't survive. Well, one thing about the China Post, even though it was my newspaper of choice, there were many mistakes. They made a lot of English grammar mistakes. And sometimes I even wrote to them about that, saying that you, you, have, to, you have to be more careful with the English because when you're an English teacher, these things hurt, right? And uh, they made a lot of mistakes. And, and all these three newspapers, while they were alive, they have a problem with staff, the turnover of staff. They cannot find qualified people to stay with them for a long time. So you often see when you read the newspaper, they are advertising, we need reporters, we need reporters, we need reporters. So it's difficult for them to keep people. And that is a problem to check the quality of the English. But I do remember just before the China Post stopped printing, because they also stopped printing in 2017, and they went online. And then after a while, they kind of disappeared. Once in a while, you still find some content online, but it's not every day. So they kind of gone. But I remember once, it was front page news, it was a baseball story. The Baltimore Orioles had a Taiwan pitcher pitching for them. And uh, because they made it to the postseason, there was big news here because the Taiwan pitcher, he was in the team. 
And they wrote the story on the first page of the playoff game, the first playoff game. And the reporter made so many mistakes that me, in, because I'm a difficult person, I couldn't take it. And I wrote a letter to the editor. And I said to the editor, this letter is not for publication, it's just, just for you. I said, here is the newspaper about a baseball game in America. And there are so many mistakes, grammar and otherwise, that I cannot take it. For example, the reporter referred to the, the umpires as judges. There are no judges in baseball, they are umpires. And then there were many other mistakes. Anyway, I wrote a scathing letter. And then the, the editor, he gave, we forwarded my letter. It was, uh, it was by email. He forwarded to this poor reporter. And this poor reporter wrote an email to me apologizing for the mistakes. I felt so bad afterwards that I, that I made life difficult for this poor little reporter and said, oh, she's so sorry about these mistakes and she'll work hard to become a better reporter. And I really felt really bad that I went off like that, you know, but it was too late. And I wrote back to her to say, oh, you know, we all make mistakes and uh, I'm sure you didn't do it on purpose. So that was one of my experiences with, uh, with the China Post. And I'm not saying it's because of me that they stopped printing, but they stopped printing and they kind of vanished. So that left only one newspaper now, the Taipei Times which supports the more liberal DPP party. And so finally, this was the only newspaper to read. Now, I don't buy it every day because, you know, we can get the news online, right? But once a week, I like to buy the actual newspaper and read it. And in the beginning, they really irritated me because they were so, so pro-left. This is now before the left won the election. The conservative Kuomintang was still in, in charge in Taiwan, and they just criticized them relentlessly. So finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I wrote a letter as I do. And I said, man, you sound like a child who has lost the game. Can you not say one good thing about the government? Has the government not done one good thing since they've been in power? And I went on and on. I actually, <laughs> I actually said some things that I didn't even research. I said, when, when your people were in charge a few years ago, you didn't do this and that and that. And I just went on and I attacked the editor so much that he published it. Actually, my first sentence to the editor was, I dare you to publish this, this letter. <laughs> and he did publish it. But right at the bottom, he wrote a little note. He said, it is the duty of the press to keep tabs on the government and what they do and to keep them on their toes. That's why we criticize them a lot. So he said that. And then another person from another city actually answered me. And he took me apart for the the factual mistakes I made in my letter, because I just started writing that. I didn't do any research. I just started writing what I felt. And this guy from this other city, he, he took me apart and I deserve that because many of the things I said <laughs> was not true. But anyway, then later on, the DPP won the election and now the Taipei Times supports the government. They do not always support them 100%. They do still criticize them as well, which is what the editor told me in those days. You have to keep the government in check with the media. So the, the thing with the, the Taipei Times, like the government, is more like supporting, leaning towards Taiwan independence. I don't really, I never understood why some people in Taiwan is so obsessed with independence. Because if you look at it, Taiwan is already an independent country. If you just forget about the name, because the name doesn't make any sense, right? The name is the Republic of China. It makes no sense. Forget about that. Here we are. We have a country. We have a government. We have our own currency. We have our own infrastructure. We have our own defense force. That's a country, right? 
our sportsmen and sportswomen, true, they go to the Olympics, they are not Taiwan, but everybody knows when you say Chinese Taipei, they know it actually means Taiwan, right? So things are going smoothly. I always say, why ruffle the feathers, you know, when things are going well, just keep things as they are. But of course, people's hearts want to be 100% free. So you can also understand why they lean hard towards formal independence for Taiwan, which will probably not happen too soon. So um, that's then the, the, the printed newspapers. I also want to talk to you a little about a radio station we have here, which our local listeners will know about. It's called ICRT. Now, ICRT stands for International Community Radio Taipei. Many, many years ago, when the American soldiers were here, this was their radio station. It was a radio station for the international community with American DJs playing English music. But through the years, the radio station has changed. It's now basically become an English language radio station for the local people. And about more than half of all the DJs are actually bilingual Taiwanese people, or as they call ABCs, American-born Chinese who can speak both languages. There are very few American or, or British uh, DJs at, working at ICRT. They like to have people bilingual. So many foreigners like me, we don't really listen to ICRT anymore because it is more towards locals. They're like English language lessons and so on and so forth. But let me just tell you two th stories about ICRT. Once one of my co-workers' husband was a producer up at ICRT at their studios there on the, on the mountain, and he had to produce a program, which is almost like a dating program. You get a guest in the studio, and then the guest will talk about himself, and then people will call in to say if they're interested to go on a date with this guest. So <laughs> I didn't really want to do it, but her husband couldn't find anybody to do it. So I said, please, please, they'll pay you, they'll pay you. I said, oh yeah, I'll do anything for money. So up I went and I sat in the studio, but I didn't even want to give my real name. I just say my name is Charlie. So then first my, <laughs> my co-workers at the school started calling in pretending to be girls interested in me, but I recognized their voices. And they go, yeah, and we really like tennis, you know? I said, oh yeah? What kind of record do you have? And of course, they don't know what record they have. So I said, no, I will not date you. You don't even know what record you play with. But anyway, it was about an hour program, I think. And then in the end, I had two dates. And I, I actually went to meet one of the dates, but it turned out that the person who spoke on the, the person who called in and chatted with me on the radio was not actually, it was her friend that I met. So the bubbly girl that I heard on the phone was not the quiet girl that I met, so it was a kind of a disaster. Anyway, now, <laughs> that, was just, that was just for fun. And uh, whenever I told people that many years ago I worked for the radio myself after university, they said, why don't you work at ICRT? And I was never very, very excited about that. But once I saw in the newspaper, ICRT needed some news readers. So I thought, okay, that's not too bad. I can still teach, and then I can do a shift up there to read the news. So I sent my resume in. And I was pretty sure that I have a good chance because at that time, a lot of South Africans were coming into Taiwan. It was after 1996 and the job market in South Africa was not that great anymore and thousands of South Africans came in. So I wrote and I said, there are now a lot of South Africans in, in Taiwan. I think it's time we have a South African on ICRT. And I've got so many years of experience of playing music, reading the news, interviewing everything. And I waited and I waited and I waited and nobody came back to me and I just could not believe this. So I called them and I don't know who I spoke to, if it was the, the human resources manager or the news editor or whoever 
made the decision. I said, oh, I sent in my resume, but I haven't heard anything back from you. They go, oh, yeah, what's your name? I said, oh, this is my name. And they said, oh, yes, no, no, we, 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 don't, we don't need you. I said, how's that? I, did you find anybody with more years of experience than me reading the news? They go, yeah, yeah. We can find people in the street with more experience than you. So that was a bit of a shock for me. I said, you can find somebody on the street with more experience than me? I said, thank you very much, goodbye. And since that day, as you can imagine, because I was hurt deeply, I've never listened to ICRT again. If I perhaps, by mistake, if I'm in somebody's car and they listen to the music, I can still take that. But when it gets to the top of the hour and there's news, and I hear those news readers, they sound like they're telling a children's story. There's one news reader, at the end of each sentence, his voice goes up. So every sentence sounds like a question. So those are the people they found in the street, I suppose, who have more experience than me. But if the news comes on, I will ask, even if it's not my car, I will ask my friend to please turn off the radio because I cannot bear to listen to the news on ICRT. That's just me being a little bit petty, okay? Anyway, so those are my experiences, interesting and maybe not so happily, of the, the media in Taiwan. We hope that uh, gave you some idea of, of uh, what we have here. That also brings us to the end of this episode, and we hope you enjoyed it. So until we talk again next week, goodbye.